The lesson comes to us this morning from Psalm 86, verses 1 through 7. Incline your ear, O Lord, and answer me, for I am poor and needy. Preserve my life, for I am devoted to you. Save your servant who trusts in you. You are my God. Be gracious to me, O Lord, for to you do I cry all day long. Gladden the soul of your servant, for to you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. For you, O Lord, are good and forgiving, abounding in steadfast love to all who call on you. Give ear, O Lord, to my prayer. Listen to my cry of supplication. In the day of my trouble, I call on you, for you will answer me. And from the epistle lesson this morning, it comes to us from 1 John chapter 1, verses 1 through 10. We declare to you what was from the beginning, what we have heard, what we have seen with our own eyes, what we have looked at and touched with our hands concerning the word of life. This life was revealed and we have seen it and testify to it and declare to you the eternal life that was with the Father and was revealed to us. We declare to you what we have seen and heard so that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. This is the message that we've heard from him and proclaim to you that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him while we are walking in darkness, we we lie and do not do what is true. But if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he who is faithful and just will forgive us and forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, he, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. This is the word of God for the people of God. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth, the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. See how important Johnny is to this worship service? So we've got three of us trying to do four people's jobs. So bear with me as the screens may not be quite the way they're supposed to be. But forgiveness, my friends, forgiveness, that's why I'm asking it. Forgive me. Forgiveness has always been in God's plan. We we are devoted to God and God is devoted to us. God is our God and we are God's people. 
God knows that we humans wander and, and are capable of sin, yet God, God still wants to be in a relationship with us because God created us and God loves us. In fact, we would be lost and wandering without God in us, residing in us. But to get God in us, God made a self-sacrifice by sending the Son. God was not and is not content to leave us to our own devices. So from the moment of Adam and Eve, who were thrown out of the garden, God began God's plan to make things right. God then covenanted with God's self in front of Abram. And when we broke that covenant with God, God sent the Son, Jesus, to atone for our sins. Yes, Jesus gave his spotless life for the forgiveness of our sins. So we'd be lost forever without God intervening and offering us forgiveness. It's in God's great mercy and graciousness that we are granted, we're granted sight of some crucial attributes of God. We, we get to see some key aspects of God's identity, especially as they are clustered in our, in our psalm text this morning. Goodness, willingness to forgive, and abundant, steadfast love. Because God is merciful, good, forgiving, and loving, we, like the psalmist, can appeal to God for life and be assured of an action by God. It's out of that love that we find the gift of forgiveness. Our sin is both an act and a state or condition that we can neither remove ourselves from our self-deception nor claim victimization. Somebody didn't do it to us and deny our responsibility for it. We are utterly dependent upon God to forgive us. God's forgiveness is a gift because God knows the depths of our self-love and each and every corner of our sin that we have. God knows the depths of our hearts, all of our intentions, all of them, and still God loves us and forgives us. We no longer need to be paralyzed by sin. When we accept that forgiveness, we are moved to forgive. God calls and, and we respond. Now, God does not force us to acknowledge or confess our sins. God doesn't even force us to believe in Jesus the Christ, his very son. He came to give us Oh, the, great, the great gift. God offers us a gift, and ours is a choice to accept it or not. God made it easy. We don't have to make self-sacrifices like the people of ancient times. We, we don't. We don't make sacrifices on this table. But we do need to believe, accept, and confess our failings every day. Yet, God's forgiveness does not mean that we're off the hook. 
It means that we must savor the truth that our God forgives, and that is a precious reality. We must become more Christ-like. Our hearts softened, our hearts changed, filled with love and compassion for others. God wants us to change, to morph. In God, we have an advocate, Jesus the Son, who is righteous even when we are not, and it is in his truthfulness, his atoning sacrifice that calls us out of the shadows and enables us with confidence, not in terror, to confess our sins and to walk toward the light and the truth. God calls and we must respond. And to those who God calls, God also justifies or forgives. It's not by infusing righteousness into us, but pardoning our sins and, as Calvin would say, accounting and accepting us then as righteous. Friends, you, you and I are charged through that justification, again, forgiveness, then we're changed to obedience, then sanctified or made holy through Christ. Justification and sanctification. Friends, justification and sanctification, forgiveness and being made holy are inseparable because by faith we are united in Christ. The acts are distinguishable, but are not separable. They're not separable. They're like the cross and the resurrection of Christ. Inseparable. They're to be had together. Again, we are first justified once and for all, and then sanctification begins. Sanctification is the process of growth in Christian love, a love that is free, self-giving, other-regarding love. It's an agape love. Sanctification is, first of all, the gift of God, and then, then also a human calling. Just as faith is properly understood as a response to the divine justification of human life on account of Christ, so the love of God and fellow creatures is properly understood as a response to the divine sanctification of human life in Christ. Justification is the acceptance with which God receives us into God's favor as righteous, therefore the remission of our sins. We are received only through Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit. There can be no saving knowledge of God without Christ. And it comes only by God's grace. So we believe that justification, forgiveness, and sanctification, being made holy, are the twofold grace, the double grace of God. We are justified or forgiven in Christ and thus reconciled to God. And we are sanctified by Christ's spirit so that we may cultivate a new life in conformity with Christ. 
we find God's love in God's forgiveness. If God loves us, we should love our neighbor. That's what we're told in Scripture. If God loves us, we should love our neighbor. Therefore, we must love because God loves us. And if we love, we must forgive like God because we are forgiven. We, offered, we are offered the very assurance when we recognize our sin and confess it to God. God will forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. For that we are assured. I believe, I believe all of this reflects the complicated balance of living a faithful Christian life. You and I acknowledge sin, but do not wallow in sin. Confession involves not only wiping away of the old sins, but the establishment of a new righteousness. That's why we can't divorce sanctification and justification. We just can't do it. It's got to be there, or we would wallow in that sin. The faithful are both forgiven and cleansed, and it's in that forgiveness that we are granted hope, peace, and it cannot be taken away. It's in that hope and peace that we are moved to ministry. To ministry. Moved to do the work of God's kingdom here on earth. Jesus hung on that cross, pouring out the sympathy of his forgiving heart from the wounds that you and I created. When we truly understand and embrace the gravity of God's grace and the selflessness of Jesus' sacrifice, we must be changed. We, we must be changed, moved, and reformed. Paul, I think, states it another way in 2 Corinthians. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. God's forgiveness is the story of our salvation from the very beginning. At the very creation, God called us very good and had a plan to plan and uh, had a plan in place to save us. I don't believe that there that it was on account or has ever been on account of what we could ever do or even accomplish. It's none of it because of us, but of who God is and what God could and would do for us. We belong to God, like I said. God is our God, and we are God's people. The curse of sin can't and won't last forever because Jesus defeated death. The curtain has been torn and we've been forgiven. Friends, we walk in the light because Jesus is the light. We have fellowship with one another because of that light. And because we are filled with his spirit and the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son has cleansed us from all of the sin. Being cleansed and forgiven, we can find joy in life joy in God. We can and should rejoice because our sins cannot, cannot hold us down. Our sorrows cannot overpower us and, and, and God's love and blessings flow in 
and through us. It's in our joy that we seek God always. As our opening hymn expressed, I will seek you in the morning. I will learn to walk in your ways and step by step you'll lead me and I will follow you all, the, all of my days. Triumphantly, we are led to the one who reigns over us and forgives us. Jesus is made present to us through generations of Christians who no longer can see or hear him except by the eyes and ears of faith. You and I are now those eyes and ears of faith. This message concerning the word of life was in the eyes of those who saw, the ears who heard, the hands of those who touched, and it's they who passed it on through the generations to us. And it's through that fellowship that you and I belong to in the four walls of this church that we hear, that we go out into the world to spread his message. We must declare what was from the beginning. We must declare what has been heard. We must declare what has been seen. We must declare what has been touched. We must declare concerning life, the life that was revealed that Jesus Christ is the Lord of life, God's only Son. My friends, joy is best shared when the community comes together face to face, worshiping, singing, and that joy that we all have is found in God's great forgiveness. Amen. Hello, this is Pastor Ken Goodrich, and I'm humbled that you took the time to listen to this podcast. I pray that the Holy Spirit moves you to ministry and that if you don't have a church home, that you are able to find one. Please feel free to tune in on Tuesdays at 10 a.m. and Wednesdays at 12.20 p.m. for our Bible studies, on Thursdays at 10 a.m. for our Learning Center courses, and of course, on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. for our worship. Just go to fpclc.org to see all our various programs and events. Thanks again, and God bless you and keep you safe. May God embrace you and keep you in his countenance. Peace.